Good evening, brothers and sisters. Great to see everybody this evening. I confess to you, in my head, these are some of the songs I've been singing all week in my head, Ronald. I'm glad you sang them tonight. Very good. But another thing that's been in my head ever since Wednesday or Thursday is heel toe, heel toe. Learning how to walk right for the first time in my life. So hopefully that won't come out in my lessons just saying heel toe. But if you hear it, just understand for the first time in my life, I'm learning to walk correctly. Okay. After the surgery on one foot and hopefully in July, the other one. But I'm, I'm thankful for, for that and the things that are going on in that area. So continue praying for that. I know you are and I thank you so much for it. But I want us to think about remarkable things, remarkable things that have happened in your life and the life of others. I don't know, there used to be a show, a movie, a TV show called That's Incredible, where they would show clips of different things, kind of like America's Funniest Home Videos, or a lot of times nowadays, people show something on Facebook and you go, wow, now that's remarkable, or that's incredible, something different. You can tell something makes that day different than others. I'm sure, I wasn't around when it happened, but watching movies of it, I feel like I was there. When the, when they stepped on the moon, when man stepped on the moon, how that feeling must have been on that day. How a remarkable day that must have been for all of those who were able to witness that and remember that moment in time also. And I can imagine as we think about things in our lives, we have moments where we can go back and think, wow, that was remarkable. Something that the Lord has done in our lives that has made us remember that day with such joy and with such hope as well. I remember the day that I decided to give my life to the Lord. One of the greatest, well, the greatest decision that could ever be made and how, how remarkable it was to see all of those following from the retreat, following each other, going to the place where to be baptized and have a great day, an awesome day that was as well. And it always stays in my heart. And I want to think about just another day in the life of Jesus, but in him, in Jesus doing remarkable things. We're going to look at this tonight in Mark chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. If you have your Bibles open with me, well, I know you have them. You may have it on your cell phone also, open to Mark 5. And we'll look at uh, Luke, Luke chapter 5. I'm sorry. We're studying Mark on Sunday mornings, and sometimes that still comes out in Sunday evening. But in Luke chapter 5, to look at this remarkable day in the life of Jesus and the people that were around him. The first thing that it says here in verses 17, verse 17, one day Jesus was teaching and Jesus and the Pharisees and the teachers of the laws were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. The very first thing that we understand about this day is it was a remarkable day because they could understand and see the remarkable power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in Mark chapter 5, verse 17. Remarkable power. Why? Because people were bringing to Jesus people that were sick from all kinds of places. As we understand here, from everywhere he goes, from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem. Jesus, as people are talking about him, the things are spreading about what Jesus can do. Remember in Luke chapter 4, after Jesus says, I have come to give sight to the blind and help the the deaf speak and, and set free the prisoners. Right after that, some of them wanted to kill him. And even when he was in Nazareth, he couldn't do many miracles because they looked at him as the hometown boy, as we understand from that. But not only, but when he left there and he went to Capernaum and other places, we can understand he did many miracles. And in this day in the life of Jesus was a grand day. And people from all over the countryside are bringing their sick to Jesus. 
And the Spirit of the Lord was on him with power. The Holy Spirit was on him with power to heal the sick. And all those who came to him were being healed. Can you imagine what a glorious day it would be to know that, hey, I'm going to take this person and I'm going to, I'm going to Jesus for myself to be healed of whatever it may be that I'm going through. Now, they may not have understood the spiritual concept of it yet, but surely they understood the physical concept of being healed. And they understood that Jesus had this power. People were questioning, where is this power coming from? Some would say it was from the devil. And Jesus said, how can the devil cast out the devil? There's no way that he would do that because a house divided against itself will not stand. But so this very moment, remarkable things are happening. People are bringing people to Jesus. People is going, people are going to Jesus for their own sickness and Jesus is healing them. And we can see that on this day, Many things were happening. You had days in the life of Jesus where you see as the woman was walking along in Luke, talking in Luke chapter 8, as as they're walking along and the woman is walking along and she sees Jesus who had been, she had been bleeding for 12 years and had all those doctors and tried to help her and nothing could happen. And she said, if I could just touch his cloak, if I could just touch him, I could be healed. And she went through the crowd and touched him and Jesus said, who touched me? And the crowd said, How should we know with all these people around me? He said, no, I know that this power went out of me and somebody was healed. Jesus understood. Jesus knew when somebody was coming to him with faith. This woman came to him with faith. Not only that, later on, it will say that many sick in another place in Mark, in the gospel of Mark, are bringing people to Jesus just to touch him, just to touch his cloak as well and to be healed. But I want us to look at this story and think of it this evening. What is happening to Jesus? And what makes this moment so remarkable in the day of Jesus and the people who are there with him? And we can understand it's a crowd that includes also at this time already the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And we can understand in the book of John when it says they come to this point, they were already thinking of how can we find a way to kill Jesus? How can we find a way to get him to stop doing the things that he's doing? And so Jesus on this day with the great power by the spirit of the Lord is healing many. And I'm sure in their minds they're thinking, what is going on? But I want us to think about something else, not only here. There's remarkable power, but there's something else that's going on here also. And I want us to read verse 18 and 19. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they gave up. No. They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. So not only do we see a remarkable power, but we see a remarkable love, a remarkable servant's heart. I don't know. You know, when I was trying to think of the word, what would be the best word for here? Remarkable love, remarkable faith, remarkable servant. Yes, it's all of it. But I think it was based certainly on the love that they had for this man in his condition, this man being paralyzed. And in Mark chapter, chapter two, we can understand that there were four men that were carrying him. Can you imagine coming from the countryside Wanting to take your friend to Jesus, knowing that he could heal. Certainly, the four of them believed that Jesus could heal him. And I believe the paralyzed man believed he could heal him also. And as they go in there and they get there and they see the big crowds. And can you imagine the crowds, one person along another, right beside each other trying to get through? 
Have you ever been anything like that before? It's hard to get around. I went somewhere, a place on New Year's once, and after New Year's, when you tried to walk, it was just like this. You were being a stick. Heel toe, okay? I'm making sure I'm walking right on there, okay? Heel, heel toe, okay? It was like be walking like a stick because you couldn't move hardly at all. And now the crowds are around Jesus, listening to him teach and listening and seeing all the miracles that are being done. Can you imagine the crowd around Jesus to see all of these things? And these four men come along. And know what they do? First of all, they didn't give up. Remarkable love caused us to do more than expected. A love unconditional, a servant's heart, as they did with these men here. Their faith and their works were certainly working together. What did they do when they were trying to bring him to Jesus and saw the crowds? They looked for another way. How can we get this brother? How can we get him to Jesus? They saw an opportunity, walked up a ladder, walked up to the rooftop, began to make a hole in the roof. And as they're there, they began to lay the man down in front of him. Now, I want you to think about all the work that they had to do. Perhaps when the paralyzed man got there and saw the crowds, he could have said, let's just go back. It's too hard. I'm in this cot. I'm in, I'm in this mat. It's never going to work for me to get to Jesus. I don't know if he may have thought that, but I'm sure those four there were there to encourage him. Maybe the four were like, well, I don't know. But then they saw Jesus there. And then they saw the man said, no, we've got to. We've brought him this far. Let's go on to the end. We've come this far. Let's not stop now. And so they go and they take the man. And no far, no telling how far, far they had been carrying him. Carry him up to there. Fix this hole in the roof, roof. And they lower the man inside. Can you imagine everybody at this scene at this very moment? Everybody sitting there, seeing, standing there, sitting and standing, seeing what Jesus is doing. And then all of a sudden, this man being lifted down to him through the roof. The owner, okay, it could be Peter, could have been at his house, okay, having this done where he is. And at this very moment, lowering it down in there. What I want us to think about that, brothers and sisters, is that was a remarkable love for this man that was paralyzed. Remarkable love. They could have said any moment, any time, it's just not worth it anymore. But they said, no, it's worth it. And we're going to find a way. And we're going to do what we can to get this brother, this paralyzed man, to Jesus. And so they bring the man and they take him to Jesus. And now we see a remarkable power. that We know the remarkable power that Jesus has on this day. And we know the remarkable love of those who are carrying this man, this paralyzed man. Remarkable Servants of the Lord. And not only that is going on when we see this, as they're bringing them down, what happens in verse 20? When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to to note to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Look what he says. Friend, your sins are forgiven. It's remarkable forgiveness. Jesus could have said, okay, I see him. I, I know he's paralyzed. He's coming down for this. I'm just going to tell him to take up his mat and walk. But the very first thing that Jesus tells him is, no, your sins have been forgiven. Wow. Can you imagine not only going there to be healed physically, but Jesus healing you spiritually? 
emotionally at this moment, all of the things that he's been going through. Perhaps some have said he's in that condition because of that, because he had done something. We, we know that's not always true and that's not always the case. But we know and we understand at this moment, the very most important thing to Jesus to tell this man as he's going, lifting down into here and seeing the faith of his brothers, seeing, seeing the faith of these four servants, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw whose faith? Their faith. The faith of those four who went, came from the countryside, taking him on the mat, carrying him along the way. Okay? Not only carrying him along the way, when they get there seeing the crowd, seeing all the obstacles that there could have been, taking him, making that place in the roof, laying him down inside of it, and the very first words out of Jesus' mouth is, you are forgiven. Wow. I don't know if they were imagining hearing that when they were letting Jesus down into the, to the roof. Maybe they were waiting to say, get your mat and walk as well. Jesus surprised everyone with those words. You are forgiven. He surprised so many so to the point that the Pharisees are going to say, what? Who are you? The Pharisees will say is this. Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So now we see and we see and understand a remarkable forgiveness that God has given to this man and to those who are with him. God has given this forgiveness. And now we see a remarkable authority. Because even the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they understood one thing at this very moment. At this very moment, Abby, you know what they understood. Jesus has authority. I said her name, not because she wasn't looking, because she was looking right at me. Okay? Good job, Marty and Connie. Okay? <laughs> I want us to think about it. They understood that what they, Jesus had just said meant that he was the son of God, that only God could forgive sins. Remarkable forgiveness comes because God can forgive sins. Remarkable forgiveness comes because Jesus is the son of God and is God. Remarkable power comes because Jesus is the son of God. Remarkable authority comes because Jesus is the son of God. The demons would look at Jesus and says, we know who you are. Take us away. Send us away. They never questioned Jesus' authority. James says, even the demons believe and they shudder at the name, at the voice of Jesus. All of these things happening and all of these things going on. And the Pharisees here and the teachers of the law are saying, who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus is going to answer them. You want to know? You've already answered it in your question. But now do you really want to know that the son of God has the power to forgive sins? Of anyone, yes. Do you really want to know? He says in verse 22. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked. Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. But I want you to know that the son of God has authority on earth to forgive sin. Sins. So he said to the paralyzed man. I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Amen. Do you notice one thing about Jesus and what he can do? He can do it 
immediately. Amen. This morning in our Bible class in Mark chapter 8, some of you may have gotten there, some of you not, I don't know, but we talked about the deaf and mute man. The man had probably never spoken in his life and never heard words, and Jesus says to him and sighed through him and says, be opened. And the man begins to, become, begins to speak plainly. And the people said, he does everything well. Wow. God does everything well. He can save us and he can save us completely. And Jesus is not talking about physically. He's talking spiritually. If he wants to save us physically, yes, he can also. Not your will, but not my will, but your will be done. Jesus had to go to the cross, as Joe said in his prayer, the cruel cross for each and every one of us. Brothers and sisters, look at these verses here. Jesus wants people to understand and know who he is. He says, I want you to know, just in these verses here, to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Get up, take your mat, and go home. Sometimes I've seen a movie where the guy gets up and then he starts walking, you know, getting a little bit and then he gets into shape. But then I've seen other ones where he gets, hops right up. And I believe the one where he hops right up. Because every time you see anybody being healed, you see them hopping up and they're going into the synagogues and going into the temples and saying, praise God, Jesus told them to. And also the man who was begging there, the blind man from birth, when, Steve, when Peter was there to, and gave him sight. All of these things happening. And the word we see here is immediately. Because of Jesus' authority, he can forgive sins. You know what? One of the greatest things that we could ever know is that God has given us a plan. God has made a plan for us. As as one of my teachers used to say, God has made a plan to save man before time began. And that is true. God loves us so much that he gave his one and only son so that who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Who does not believe in him already stands condemned. Does Jesus want us? Does God desire us to stand condemned? No. Second Peter chapter 3 says he hasn't come yet because he's waiting on one more person to come to repentance in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, He stood up in front of them, this man, healed. And as the Pharisees and the teachers of the law would understand from this, not healed just physically, but spiritually. The most important, brothers and sisters, is spiritually. Jesus raised Lazarus on the fourth day. Praise God. What a miracle. People came from all around to see see Lazarus. And they decided, how can we kill kill this Jesus and how can we kill this Lazarus? But you know what? Lazarus did raise from the dead on the fourth day from the cave. But in the future, he died. But I am sure he had faith in the Lord. We don't know when he did, but we know he did. Brothers and sisters, healing physically is great. But the healing that lasts for eternity is spiritually. And we most should desire that. And then what can we understand and we understand from this? Look what happens when we understand who Jesus is. When we understand that 
Jesus has remarkable power, has remarkable love, has remarkable forgiveness to extend, remarkable authority. We stand in awe of him. Amen. We sing the song, I stand in awe of you. But in these verses here, I think of it as this also. Look what it says in verse 26. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe. Wow. Not awe like this. Awe. And said, we have seen what? Remarkable things today. In King James it says what? We have seen strange things today. Why is it so strange? We have seen somebody that we have never seen before doing things that had never done before. If you look in the context of Mark chapter 2 talking about this, they says there's nobody that's ever done the things that this man is doing. And Jesus is doing them. Jesus is offering us salvation. Jesus is offering us grace, offering us mercy. And he can give it to us. And when can he give it to us? Immediately, if we decide we want it. If we decide we want it by our faith, what can we learn from this story about us? What can we take home for us? What can I apply to my life? What is the so what of it as we get to the point of for us in our lives? The very first thing is, may we be like these four men, willing to take people and bring people to Jesus. People who are searching People who are not healed spiritually. Lord God, they're going to have lots of obstacles in their way. And the closer they come to you, Lord, the closer the devil is going to try to throw something in there to keep them from coming to you. Lord God, help us not let those obstacles stop us to want, wanting to bring people to Jesus. May we bring people to Jesus. With the same love and the same servant's heart as these four men brought this paralyzed man to Jesus. Jesus saw all of their faith and said to this man, your sins are forgiving. We can understand that this man's faith was also strengthened. Not only that, we understand by his forgiveness, people are praising God. And he was praising God. May we never lose our fervor to want to praise God for what he has done in our lives. Jesus has said to each and every one of us who are now in Christ, you no longer live in the dominion of darkness, but you walk in the dominion of light. You've been, as it says, taken away from that and transported into the wonderful kingdom of light. And as first Peter says, to declare the praises of him who called you out of his darkness into his wonderful light. Brothers and sisters, the very fact that we can praise God and say, yes, God has forgiven me is the very fact and reason we can say to others, you can receive forgiveness as well. Not because of anything that who we are, but because of who Jesus is. But we have to understand the last part of it here also. In order for it to happen, do we truly have faith in the Son of God? Do we truly believe in His power? Do we truly believe in His authority? And if we do truly believe in those things and we obey Him, He will surely save us from our sins. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us. Wow. While we were still sinners, God, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. 
God gave his one and only son, brothers and sisters, so that we may come to believe in him, to reconcile us back to him. And as Peter and the other apostles preached on that very first day, on the day of Pentecost, when they were asking and the people understood who Jesus was, that Jesus truly was, he, Jesus, Peter said, you have put him to death, Jesus, who is Christ and Lord, is Christ and Lord. And when the people understood that the power and authority that Jesus was Lord, that he had truly raised from the dead, they said, brothers, what shall we do? Because they were cut to the heart and understood that they needed to come to Jesus. And those who accepted that message, as it says here, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is not only for you, but for future generations and those who are long off. And man, isn't it good to know, Chuck and Terry, that Jesus was praying for us in John 17. Lord God, I pray that they may be one as we are one. From that time, God's desire is that we come back to him. God has given his word to us, his holy word, his word, as we say in Hebrews, for the word of God is living and active. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Being able to understand between joint and marrow. And understand between sin and trespass. And all of those things. But all of these things that have happened. And all of God's word is wanting us to point and say, you know what? Whatever you're going through, whatever you obstacles it is, come to me. Come to me, ye who are weary. And I will give you rest, is what Jesus said. Rest from our works here on this earth trying to get to heaven. Because now we have true faith in him. Brothers and sisters, tonight, I want you to know that God still does remarkable things. Amen. God still does remarkable things. If you read in your bulletin, over the last couple of weeks, there have been two people that have been baptized into Christ. God still does remarkable things. If I I read this morning and, and I received a video this afternoon... Of some brothers there in Brazil. We have a new sister in Christ today. God is doing remarkable things. And in Ghana, I haven't seen a picture today, but I'm sure being somewhere today, somebody has given their life to the Lord. God is doing remarkable things. And God can do remarkable things through the Dangerfield Church of Christ. God can do remarkable things through each and every one of us as we continue to look to him and remember that Jesus has all authority, all power. We give it all to him. We give all the glory to him and allow him to work. And Jesus will call and he will see to others and we will be able to tell them and take them and bring them the message. As they said there, we have seen remarkable things today. The most remarkable thing we can see is a changed life. A transformed life because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody who understands who Jesus is and needs him. You know what? If you're not in the Lord, you can do a remarkable thing tonight. And give yourself to him. And Jesus will immediately cleanse you. Wow. And you can have faith in the power and the blood of Jesus. That was given on the cross for each and every one of us. Tonight, if you've forgotten that Jesus has all that power and authority, and maybe you question like the Pharisees, well, does Jesus? Yes, Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. 
He has all power and authority. For all of us who are in Christ, may we continue to bring others, like this four men did, bringing this paralyzed man to Christ. May we bring others so that they may hear the words as they read them from God's word, that they can be forgiven also from the Son of God, Jesus. If you have any need this evening, come as we stand and as we sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.